Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Welcome to Live On Purpose Radio, everyone. Glad to have you back here. We've got another exciting show for you today, especially if you are interested in taking what it is that you have to offer to the world, and more specifically to those people who are out there looking for it. We're going to have some great discussion about that today. I want to introduce my guests. I have in studio with me Michael Hopkin. Say hello, Michael. Hello. It's good to be here with you today, Paul. I'm glad to have you back. You appeared on a show earlier where we talked about the family toolbox. Yes, so, that, was, that, that was a fun experience for me. And some of you listeners might remember Michael from that show. Michael is a director of product management at Alianza. And this is a company, Michael, that uh, does a voiceover IP software platform for service providers. Yes, we provide uh, we provide services for service providers who want to extend their offering to uh, phone offering to their customers okay well some of that is just like totally new to me (laughs) i'm a shrink yes you can (laughs) and you can talk more about what it is that you're doing as we get into the show too but i want to jump right to our guest who's on the phone with us this is david meerman scott are you with us david i'm here dr paul and michael good to be here i'm so glad to have you with us and you're joining us from uh from boston is it I'm just outside of Boston in a town called Lexington, Massachusetts. Lexington, Massachusetts. Sounds very patriotic. Made famous by the shot heard round the world, which is literally a stone's throw from where I'm speaking to you now. Wow. We are so glad to have you with us here today. David Meerman Scott, for those of you listeners who, who are not familiar with him, is a thought leadership and viral marketing strategist. Now, that might sound like, you know, a foreign language to some of you listeners, but I want to, to just kind of kick off our discussion here today with some of my experience. I, as you know, am the shrink who expands your life. <laughs> I'm a clinical psychologist, and, and David, you're going to hear some of this for the first time, too, because you and I are, are I just... Love, I love that tagline. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I'm a clinical psychologist, and I was... Uh, I was involved in a traditional psychotherapy practice and very busy. I was working with, uh, with couples, with children, with adolescents, and just helping people with the kinds of things that I help them with. And uh, I discovered a while back, and I'm going to make a long story short here because we've got some other things to talk about, but I discovered a while back that I wasn't living my passion. I wasn't doing what it was that I think I was put on this earth to do and started making some changes, realizing some things, and, well, here we are. Now we've got Live on Purpose Radio, we've got the parental power products that I offer, uh, the seminars, the kinds of things that uh, some of the listeners are already familiar with that I'm doing. And I started last September doing this Live on Purpose Radio podcast, and it grew in popularity fairly quickly, 
to the point where I had something that was was pretty cool and uh, discovered that if you go on some of the major search engines out there, you can find me by typing in the phrase live on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know. <laughs> and then Michael Hopkin, who is seated uh, just across the table from me here, introduced me to to you, David, and what it is that you're doing and handed me a blue book. It's <laughs> called The New Rules of Marketing and PR. And uh, I started to realize as I read your book, David, why it was that I was able to show up on a search engine, for example. Right. And this was a totally new thing for me. So uh, with that kind of an introduction, I want to I kick the ball your direction, sure. David, and, and have you talk a little bit about uh, maybe the old world versus the new world. This is a concept you've taught to, to hundreds and thousands of people. What is it we're talking about here? Happy, happy to go in that direction, and, and thank you, Michael, for um, for putting the blue book in front of Dr. Paul. Absolutely, <laughs> great. Um, so I was um, I was a vice president of marketing for several different, fairly large companies, publicly traded companies uh, in my career, and even before that, I was uh, I was on a bond trading desk, my first job, um, and I started to really get a sense of how online information is used on my in my first job and then in my other jobs as a marketing dude I got to be un, I got to sort of understand how marketing is done and what I realized by putting those two things together is that the ways that companies are doing marketing online um, just aren't effective um, the reason is is because they were applying the rules that worked offline to try to get them or the company or if they're an entrepreneur, their business noticed online um, by using what I call the old rules. So mm-hmm. um, the old rules of marketing, as I describe them, are that there's really only two ways to get noticed. And that's anybody. I mean, a sports team, a, a, a psychologist, um, a big company, a small company, a, a nonprofit, doesn't matter. One is that you can buy advertising you know, yellow pages, a billboard, a TV advertisement, whatever. Or you could try to convince the media to write about you or broadcast about you or your company or your product or whatever, you know, magazines, Mm -hmm. newspaper, radio, television. And really, if you think about it, those are the only two options we had in an offline environment was to buy advertising in some form or or convince the media to write about us. And Mm -hmm. I realized that online, it's utterly different. And the reason for that is because anybody can create content online, which we're doing right now. We are creating Mm -hmm. content, audio content. That's right. And posting it online. And anybody can do that. And it doesn't cost a penny. And you don't have to convince somebody to put it out for you. You can put it out yourself. And I, I realized that it was an unbelievably liberating kind of concept for anybody for a big company, for a small company, for, for, for anybody to be able to create their own content to pr- promote themselves online, uh, and that could be a form of a, of a blog or a video or uh, an audio um, podcast like we're doing right now or a great website. It doesn't really matter. And, um, and as I started to, to talk about these things on the speaking circuit, you know, I, had, I, had, I had left my job as vice president of marketing of a company and started doing my own thing, I realized that people um, 
we're a little bit mystified with this whole concept of how different it is. And so I, I named them the new rules of marketing and PR to contrast with those old rules of buying your way in and begging your way and buying your way in with advertising or begging your way in with the media. And I do need to say that, that if you want to get known offline, you might still have to buy advertising, or if you want to get known offline, you might still have to convince the radio, television, newspaper, magazine reporters to, to write or broadcast about you. But to be famous online, you don't have to do that. In fact, those are the worst things you can do. The right mm. things are to put your own content out there. And so I wrote the book about the subject, um, and it came out in June of 2007. The book is called The New Rules of Marketing and PR. And, um, and here's, here's something that's really funny. I mean, imagine the, 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 um, the uh, problem or the pressure that's on you as an author if your book is called The New Rules of Marketing and PR. I mean, if you can't make it happen, you know, how good are the rules, right? <laughs> right. So um, I didn't spend, I, I practiced what I preach is preached. I didn't spend a penny on advertising. I never once picked up the phone or sent an email to try to get someone in the media to write about me. And all I did was create content. I, blo I started a blog. I, um, I worked with other bloggers to show them what I was up to, and um, we became the number one marketing and public relations book in the world and have been since June of 2007. We've sold a remarkable number of copies of the book. It's coming out in 15 other languages. Uh, this is a global mm. phenomenon, interestingly. Um, and it's all because of this concept of creating information yourself, one of the most unbelievably liberating things for anybody who wants to spread an idea or a concept uh, or, or, or get a product or service sold. Mm. So, so really the new world that we're talking about has everything to do with the Internet, which has allowed anyone to become the media. Absolutely. That's a good way of summing it up. Anybody can create content. You don't have to buy access to someone else's content. You don't have to get someone else to write about you. Although you, I mean, although you, it's nice to participate on someone else's media, but you don't have mm -hmm. to. The best way is to create your own. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a concept that not that many people were focused on. And the book, the book and the ideas and the speeches that I deliver are all around um, helping people to understand that fundamentally liberating and exciting concept. You know, when I was reading your book, David, I, uh, I was introduced to, this, to the old rules, which has to do with, as you were saying, sometimes a really high-budget kind of advertising campaign and, and getting yourself out there in some kind of a flashy way, but also interrupting people in what it is they're doing. And maybe the classic example of this is the old door-to-door -door salesman where you're sitting there eating your dinner and somebody knocks on your door and then tries to pitch you on something. And it wasn't that you were out there looking for it. It's just that they're trying to, trying to get at you. Right, and, uh, exactly. And it's utterly different now because... And I would ask anyone who's on the call to, to just um, think in their own mind, um, the last time you wanted to buy a product or service, did you, what did you do? Did you answer a direct mail ad? Did you open mm -hmm. up the newspaper classifieds, or did you go to Google? And for the most part these days, because I ask that question in every speech I, I give, and the percentages are that roughly between 2 and 5% of the audiences I, do, I speak to answer direct mails um, when they're looking for a product or service, and roughly 20% go to what I call mainstream media. And by the way, that includes the print yellow pages. Uh, mm -hmm. when they're looking to buy a product or service or answer a question. 
Um, and literally 100%. I mean, it, it doesn't matter the audience, doesn't matter the location, doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter the industry. It has it has no di- makes no difference. 100% of people today go to Google to help answer problems mm-hmm. that they've got or to research products and services. And the concept of the New Worlds Marketing and PR is the idea that you can create content, as you described earlier so eloquently, that can come up on the search engines when people are looking for a particular phrase or a particular uh, concept. So the, the new rules have everything to do with finding your way to get in front of the people who are already looking for it. Uh, yes, and also, if you do that well, you'll also f- um, be able to get in front of people who are just browsing. And there's, there's two broad ways that people... Uh, encounter information. One is they search, and the other is that they browse. And we can uh, we can talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit later on the other side. That'll sound great. Let's uh, take a little break, and we'll be right back with David Meerman Scott. And when you pray, pray for strength to help you carry on when the troubles come your way. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single-day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about MoreBetterBooks.com. MoreBetterBooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. Okay, guys, so just before the break, we were talking about, about the old rules in the old world and, 
And now we've got the new rules in this new information age that is just dominated by the internet. And and David, as you were describing some of the old ways of getting noticed, you know, through the, the high budget advertising, convincing the media to write about you. And and then we're talking about the new way. If somebody's looking for something, and listeners, you just think about this. When you want something, when you're looking for something, where do you go? And I think there's two main places. We already talked about one, and that's these major search engines. Uh, Google primarily. Mm-hmm. You know, that's even a verb nowadays. <laughs> go Google it, you know. And then the other way is through through direct referral. And, and by that, I mean you're going to ask somebody you trust. And this is a way that I want to uh, to get into another part of this discussion. And David, you, you have um, on your website, your title there is Thought Leadership and Viral Marketing Strategist. It's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good mouthful. <laughs> Powerful mouthful. Let's look at the first part of that, Thought Leadership. Because as as people are looking for a referral, they want to go to somebody that they trust to give them an opinion about what to buy, for example, or what's out there, what services or what what resources are available. Right. And and that's where I hang this idea of thought leadership, that you become that thought leader and then you are a trusted online resource for whatever it is that these people are looking for. Right. And what's interesting about when people ask for advice and opinion most of the time these days, again, this is evidence from the audiences that I ask, people are doing that online. They're sending an email to their friends and their colleagues and their family members, or perhaps they're using some kind of social networking tool like Facebook, for example, or perhaps they're using some kind of, um, of peer-to-peer network, um, you know, like instant messaging perhaps or something like that. And so they say, geez, I need new, um, I don't know what, I need new snow tires, where do I go? And someone will say, oh, you got to go to this shop, they do a really good job. And they don't say, you know, this is the person you talk to, here's the phone number. What do they do? They send you a URL, a mm-hmm. web address to that place. And the first time that you encounter an organization often uh, and think about it for yourselves, it's true of everybody, is on the web. And so if someone gives you a referral, all of a sudden you're, you're going to their homepage and you're, you're going you're gonna to take a second or two to decide whether you want to go further and investigate this organization or whether you want to say, ah, the hell with it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out the answer to my problem in a different way. So mm-hmm. that's where this concept of thought leadership, the concept of how do you create really compelling content that drives people into your buying process, that gets them interested in what you do, that gets them, makes them compelled to take the next step, whether that's to pick up the phone or visit your shop or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the barriers to that that I've noticed, and I would love to hear your comments about this, David, some people are really hesitant to put their stuff out there because they're afraid it's going to get stolen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and Michael, you're kind of chuckling too because you just sent me a free uh, copy of one of David's e-books. e-books. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, anyone who wants to can steal that, man. That's what it's for. <laughs> can you believe it. that, David? He just sent it to me. Just, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, please send it. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the concept around that, the e-book, and it, e-book is just one tool. There's all sorts of other tools, video and blogs and podcasts and whatever, but my concept of an e-book is to create 
a piece of really valuable content, put it out online. And I have two of my most popular ebooks. I've got a three or four of them, but the two most popular ones are one is called The New Rules of PR, and the other one is called the other big one is called The New Rules of Viral Marketing. And, and for most people may know, but just worth saying, viral marketing is the concept of people spreading your ideas from one to another, as Michael just did by sending something to Dr. Paul. Is it's it's spreading virally. I didn't spread it; someone else spread it for me. Now, what's really interesting about these things is um, uh, the New Rules of PR ebook has been downloaded way more than a quarter of a million times. And the New Rules of Viral Marketing ebook I put out in January of this year, so in about four and a half months, it's been downloaded more than 125,000 times. Now, what does that mean? That means a whole bunch of people got my content for free and I didn't charge a penny for it. Many times people say, well, why would you put something out for free that clearly has value? And if you, if you download these e-books, you'll see they have clearly have value. Mm, um, the reason is because um, online, this whole concept is about spreading your ideas and getting your information into the marketplace so that people will say, well, gosh, this guy seems like he's pretty smart. What else does he do? Oh, he's got a book. Maybe I'll buy it. Or, oh, look, he gives speeches. Maybe I'll have him come and address my group next time I need, I, I'm bringing them together. And I think that's true of any organization, that they can become what I call a thought leader, and they can create content on the web that has the potential to spread from one person to another uh, through the concept, concept of spreading virally online from one person to another. And you know what? It doesn't even matter what kind of organization you are. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who, um, who makes homemade pasta, and that's what he does. Is, that's his job. He, he has a shop, and he sells pasta retail, and he sells to restaurants. And so he's got a website, and, and what he does is what most people do. He talks all about pasta. He talks about his product. But imagine how different his website would be if instead of talking just about his product, pasta, just kind of an egotistical approach to creating content doesn't really work that well. Instead, he talked about um, throwing a great party or fantastic recipes for using pasta. Or maybe he shot a YouTube video, which, by the way, is free to post on YouTube. Anyone can put a video of how to make a really great meal in 10 minutes or less. You know, these are just ideas off the top of my head, but Mm-hmm. How different that approach is, because someone might say, geez, that was pretty cool. I'm going to, next time I need pasta, I know where I'm going. <laughs> uh, as opposed to saying, please buy my pasta, or, <laughs> or click here for 10% off of pasta, which is what most marketing is. Well, what about, the, I've heard you talk, David, about the great example of, uh, I think it's called Blendtec, uh, the Will It Blend and and what they did to spread the idea that's actually a local company here um that right. spread that idea oh yeah and that's a great example and basically anybody who wants to see it you go to youtube and then in the youtube search engine you type it type in will it blend and this is a company called blendtec they're a small blender manufacturer and what they did was they shot, they, they've shot a series of something like 50 or 60 videos where they blend all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff in their blenders. They blend light bulbs, they blend glow sticks, they blend 
an iPhone, which is my my favorite example. <laughs> and what does it do? It it it's a fun, exciting, interesting way to show what the blender does. But they don't blend vegetables, <laughs> you know. They blend something fun. They blend an iPhone. They blend light bulbs. They 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 blend a 15 foot length of rubber hose. And what's interesting is that people have shared that idea. As you you guys just did to me. You mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. So people people talk about it. It's remarkable. It's interesting. And as a result, other people will see the blender. And, and, and last I heard, there was something like 50 million views of their videos. I mean, 50 million Unbelievable. is a huge number. And what's, what the, I, I spoke with the folks at Blendtec. What they told me was that it's increased the sales of their blenders fivefold. And again, remember, a YouTube video is free. It, it costs them mm-hmm. zero to post the video. 50 million people have seen it. Now, imagine if they did a traditional route. Imagine if they put one of those videos on the Super Bowl. They, first of all, they probably wouldn't get 50 million views. I don't know how many people watch the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Whatever the number of the people watch the Super Bowl. But then the people would only see it once. And um, you have to sort of assume that, oh, gosh, maybe they'll sell a few blenders. But people who spread this idea from one to another... And all of a sudden, you know, geez, I need a blender. I, you know what I'm going to buy because <laughs> I keep talking about Blendtec, right? right? I'm going to go buy a Blendtec blender. Right. And this is uh, we're combining a couple of the ideas that we talked about in in these examples. The idea of thought leadership, where you you don't withhold the value, and that that's a point that I wanted to really drive home because I hear so many people who are hesitant to really put it out there, to really share what it is that they can share to increase the value of life for another human being. And they're withholding it because they want to find some way to get paid for it. Yeah, that's right. Or what some other people do is they, they're withholding it because they want to use it as bait for a sales lead. And this is particularly true mm. of of companies and, and often business-to-business companies, as Michael might be able to attest, is they, they create a great piece of content. And then instead of saying, here, have it for free, give it to your friends, I don't care what you do with it, just share it. Instead of doing that, they say, the only way I will allow you to see my information is if you give me your email address first. And, and everybody knows that the reason you're doing that is because then they're going to spam you with email. Right, or and, sell it to someone else to spam you with Or email. sell you to someone else, or they'll ask you for your phone number. And everyone knows the reason they're asking for your phone number is they're going to call you at home at, at dinner time to try to sell you something. Um, so the idea of making your content utterly free, absolutely free, is not to generate sales leads and not to generate revenue directly. It's to generate interest in what you do and get people to share your ideas so that a whole bunch of people are exposed to what you do. And then by definition, some percentages of those people will say, geez, this guy sounds like he's doing something I'm interested in. I'd like to uh, do business with this person. And uh, it doesn't matter the organization, doesn't matter what type of company or individual or, or whatever. Um, when, you, when, you, when you add value to somebody's life, and, and you're not asking for anything at all in return. People say, this guy is really, seems like a really good guy. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, or this company seems like a really good company. Next time I need XYZ, I'm, I'm going to go there first because they helped me out with this free thing they gave me. And, and what I'm hearing you saying is that that will work with any type of a 
company or organization or even an individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody who's got an idea to share and by definition a product or service that they want to get into the market can use use this way of getting it in there. And 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 it works. It works brilliantly. And it doesn't matter whether it's a big company, a small company, an individual, an entrepreneur, uh, a consultant, um, uh, churches, rock bands. I mean, think about the music industry for a minute. Um, the music industry has withheld their content as opposed to pushing it out there. Mm-hmm. Let's. I want to follow up on another idea that's directly related to this right after we come back from this next break. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. All right, ladies, this one might get your attention, but I think the success of the idea should get anyone's attention. The average woman spends 242 hours looking for her keys in the bottom of her purse over a 20-year period. It might seem like a mild problem, but apparently more than a million women are willing to pay for a solution. Sandy Stein was a flight attendant who was looking for an idea that could help her avoid the pending layoffs in her industry. Tired of digging for her keys in her purse, she made a series of simple hooks that a woman can put on the inside of her purse. Her designs ranged from crowns to hearts to just about anything else that is cute and simple. Her first year in business, Sandy sold over 1 million pieces and amassed over 2,000 sales reps. Sandy's simple idea made over $6 million last year. Not bad for a bit of wire to hang your keys by. Congratulations to Sandy Stein for her time-saving idea. Her advice to the world, don't let anybody say you can't. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea Wouldn't you like to know You're probably This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. So, David, as you were talking about uh, thought leadership, another term that I have become quite fond of and that I think is analogous to this one is the benevolent expert. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, it's a very, it sounds to me like it's a very similar concept. And it's, it's just that whole idea of, hey, I've got some value I can share with you. Here. Here you go. Right. You know, Take I'm it. happy to help you. Absolutely. And then the, just the law of reciprocation. 
uh, is going to say that a certain number of those people are going to want to come back and do some kind of business with you for an exchange. Right. And uh, why not grab them? You were talking just before we broke, though, about the music industry. Right. I want you to finish that thought. Yeah, so we were talking before the break about the concept that you give stuff away for free, and people then get exposed to it. And then they say, you know what, that was pretty cool. I, wanted, I want more. I want to buy something from that organization or that person. And for the longest time, the, the, the music industry has been extremely closed. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really reluctant to give, in, to give music away for free. And um, they, uh, you know, to, in order to put a, um, uh, your, a song onto television or, or a movie, you have to pay the music uh, company uh, a lot of money. And for that reason, um, you know, not all that many songs necessarily make it into movies and TV shows. If I were in the music industry, I would say anybody who wants to can use my music for free on radio and television because I'll probably make it up by getting more exposure and then people who want to buy the CDs and then want to go to the concerts and hear the band live. Um, and instead what they're doing is they're, they're putting a whole bunch of controls on it and they're even, which is insane to me, they're even cracking down by... Um, by sicking their lawyers on teenagers who are downloading music um, illegally, and to me it's like you know, shoot, I would give inform, I would give music for free and encourage teenagers to download it. Not all of your music, but certain bits of it. But if you wanted the entire album or you want to go to the concert, that's the way I'm going to make money. And I think the music industry is absolutely screwed up in their thinking around this. I've said so on my blog. I've said so on on the speaking circuit. Uh, imagine how different it would be if they were following some of these ideas that I talk about to get exposure for the bands. And then people say, well, you know what? These guys are pretty good. I want to hear more. It, it requires a whole shift of a paradigm. And this is something that I talk to my listeners all the time about, David, that the, your frame of mind is going to dictate your behavior. It, it will actually absolutely determine what kind of things you're willing to do. And if you live in a world of scarcity where there's never enough and I'm going to get mine and I'm not, you know, I'm going to cling and hoard, you can't follow these new rules of marketing and PR if you're in that kind of a paradigm. Right. And, and that paradigm works offline because there is scarcity offline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt, you know, the average bookstore can only stock twenty or 30,000 different titles and the average um, uh, Barn- and, and Barnes and Noble has millions and millions of titles and mm-hmm. um, you know if you're talking about music that's pressed onto vinyl or music that's that's uh, encoded onto CDs and that's the only way you can get music well yeah you sell them and you don't give it away for free but guess what the web changes the way people do everything Mm-hmm. From the way they find information, from the way they research products, from the way they download music and, and movies, uh, to the way they to the way they um, uh, they do practically everything. And what that requires is new thinking to, in terms of what that means for you as a human being and how you deal with other human beings. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I've been able to to articulate in a way that people seems that it seems to resonate with people is that. If you have an idea to share or you have something to sell, 
or that you want to um, uh, to reach people, then um, one of the best ways you can possibly do that is to create content online that you give away, and that drives people into your universe in a way that you can um, embrace them, and then uh, and then uh, potentially even do business with them. I'm I'm thinking that there's a number of our listeners who are probably brand new to this to this new world that we're talking about. They they can't be completely new to it because all of you folks have subscribed for this podcast. So that means you know something about this new world. There's a word that I encountered, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe 2 or 3 years ago and the word is blog. And I had no idea what that was. I thought it was something nasty. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, a disease or something. <laughs> something you don't want to have for sure. Uh, David, could you just give kind of the uh, the quick overview of what blogging is and how that allows someone to become a thought leader and actually start start sharing this uh, sure. value that they have? Absolutely. So a blog is just a website that somebody creates because they're very passionate about a subject and they want to tell the world about their passion. And so I blog about the things we've been talking about for the last half hour. I blog about online marketing and getting your story out um, directly using the tools of, of the web. Um, mm-hmm. uh, other people might blog about their, um, uh, their, their, uh, their, their pet dachshunds, or they might blog about um, the fact that they love surfing, or the fact, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyone who's passionate about a subject might choose to share that passion with the world by creating a blog. So that's the first step. But when we talk about blogging, automatically what people tend to, to think and it's probably true of many of your listeners, is they think, well, I'm not really the right person to blog. I don't like to write. And and you know what? That's absolutely true. I don't think that blogging is for everybody. In fact, I don't think blogging is for more than about 10% of the population because not everyone feels so compelled to share their thoughts in in the written word. But here's the Mm -hmm. thing that's really important, I think, for people to understand, is that you don't need to actually create a blog in order to do the things that we've been talking about and and be a participant in an online community. And, and I'm going to give you a tortured metaphor, so follow me with this metaphor for a second. Okay. My metaphor is that the web is a city and that you can think about different aspects of a city being different parts of the entire web. So uh, eBay is the garage sale, Amazon.com is the bookstore. Uh, you've got your under, underworld of of, of, of spammers and porn artists and whatnot on the web and also in the city. And and blogging, as well as their cousins, which are like forums and chat rooms and things like that, are the bars and the, and the saloons and the pubs of the city. So that following that tortured metaphor, um, if you think about the city and you're a, you're a person who lives in the city or you're a, a company that does business in the city or you're a, you know, you're a dentist in the city, whatever it is, um, you can and you probably should know what's going on in the bars and the pubs and the saloons of your city. You should know what people are talking about in the forums and the chat rooms and the blogs that are in your industry or that talk about your particular market segment or, uh, or focus on your particular geography. And, but that doesn't mean you need to write your own blog. All you need to do is just watch and monitor and participate and perhaps comment on other people's blogs or in forums as a as a participant, 
And what that does is it shows, online at least, that you're a human being and that you are someone who cares about a topic enough to want to be part of a community. You know, somebody who goes to the bar and chats about the Boston Red Sox or something is no different than someone who goes on forums and chats about the Boston Red Sox. So what that means is that if that you're, you know, you're in a particular business, you're in a particular industry, if you hang out at the online virtual saloons and pubs, the chat rooms and the blogs of, of your industry, then you become known, you become an entity that people can trust. And then when they have a problem that you might be able to solve, they're going to be the first person that you go to. You don't try to sell them in the forum or the blog. It's not like you go into the bar and shout, please buy my product. That would be a bad idea. But but if you're known and you're a... Um, uh, you're a landscaper, and everyone in the bar knows that you're a landscaper. And they say, you know what, can you, can you take care of my garden this year? I don't want to do it myself. The same thing's true of online. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's a gathering place. It's a it's place. A, it's an online gathering, exactly. Where people can share these ideas and become known to each other. And it, the other thing that's amazing to me, the technology that's out there on the Internet search engines, for example, and uh, Michael, you've helped me to understand a little bit more about this. That uh, there's there's software uh, that these internet search engines use that go out and just look into you know using your tortured analogy, David, mm -hmm. they go in and peek into all the bars. Right. Exactly. And, and they want to know who's there and what they know they're who's saying. there, who's there, what they're talking about. Right. And, and they're called web crawlers or mm, or space spiders. bots or cyber spiders or whatever. Uh, and there's a lot of words for it, but they're just combing all of this content that's being generated, and you literally can find anything you want out there. And so, so getting back to something that I mentioned a few minutes ago, the difference between scarcity, a scarcity mindset, and an abundance mindset. If you live in scarcity, you've got a limited audience. There's only a few people. I better try to sell everything I can to as many of them as possible and not let any of them walk away with free stuff because that means I'm losing something. Right. That's the scarcity mindset. In the abundance mindset, there's an, there's an unending resource out there of people who are potentially interested. Right, and exactly. If, and you understand that not everybody's interested. So I'm going to put it out in front of everybody that I can, and they'll share it with everybody that they can. This is the whole idea of viral marketing. Right, and the other um, related thing to exactly what you said is that the web eliminates the physical manifestations of space. So that if you sell, right. um, I just bought I just bought the coolest product last week. I bought a um, an, a, 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 a an electric powered lawnmower, and uh -huh. um, I didn't need to go to a store to find it, and the store didn't need the stores in my area don't even stock it. But it's a little company up in Vermont, and they produce this electric lawnmower. And their market is literally, I don't know if they're global, but they're literally North America. Anyone in North America, if they do a search or they go onto some green websites, they'll be able to find that this is a really cool new electric-powered green, and it literally is green too, <laughs> lawnmower. And, and so no longer are you dealing with the scarcity factor that, oh, my God, if my lawnmower isn't in every Home Depot, no one will know about it. Well, yes, they will know about it. You don't need to be in any Home Depot. So you can sell exclusively online and, and, that, and get yourself out there. And that has all kinds of benefits that, 
that we're only just scratching the surface of. Hang in there. We've got one more segment left with David Meerman Scott. Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101 created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 1130 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. Well, during the break, Michael and I were having a little discussion about some of the other tools that are out there. We've talked a little bit about blogging. Uh, Michael, what were some of those others that you were mentioning? Well, yeah, David, I've, I've noticed you talking a lot more, and you have a link on your, on your blog uh, to your Twitter site, and I've heard of FriendFeed, and the, there's some new technologies coming out that are kind of even changing the, per, maybe I could say, the old world of blogging. Yeah, so um, Twitter is an interesting one and worth spending a moment on. And, and first of all, I need to say that don't don't um, get hung up on this new technology. Um, basically, you don't need to do any of the things we've talking we've been talking about. Um, we don't need to do certainly don't need to do all of the things we're talking about. However, you do need to be thinking about how you can get your content out there online. That might be in the form of a, writing your own blog. That might be in the form of of participating on other forums and chat rooms and blogs. It might be that you create a YouTube video. It might be that you do a podcast like the one we're on now. Um, um, but you do need to do something. Anyway, Twitter is what's called microblogging. And what it is is that you can create uh, a feed of things that you're doing throughout your day or throughout your week. 
However, each individual microblog post can be no more than 140 characters. Now, 140 characters is basically one sentence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, um, it's, it's really taken off. It's a very popular form of communications now. And the way it works is that, and I'm, I'm on Twitter, there's a, quite a, a couple of hundred people who follow my updates on Twitter, and then, um, and then I follow other people's updates. The way I use it is that I speak live at, at a conference almost every single week some weeks even even two conferences. And I meet really interesting people and I hear really interesting sessions. So last week on um, Wednesday, I spoke at the Milken Global Conference in Los Angeles and I, I spoke just prior to Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. So what I'll do is I'll say, geez, you know, here's what the governor is saying. And actually the day before at the same conference, I heard Eric Schmidt, who's the CEO of Google speak. And, and my audience are people who who can't be physically where I am, but might be interested in some of the things I'm seeing and hearing. So what I use it for is to give little tiny snippets of updates of some of the people I hear speak live. And, um, and other people use it to, to um, point people to things that they see online and, and whatnot. Um, and it's an, another, just yet another form of online technology that that is a way for people to get a sense of who you are, to perhaps get exposed to how you think and your ideas, and uh, potentially have a way of showing people that, um, hey, here's who, here's who I am. Maybe you know, maybe you might be interested in doing business with me in some way, or reaching out to me to to make contact in some way. So, so is it fair to say that Twitter is uh, somewhat like? In, like text messaging, only it goes out to a whole bunch of people? That's exactly how many people have described it. It's like a text message system, except that rather than go one-to-one to, one to you, know, you to one other person, it goes from you to everybody who's subscribed to your feed. In my case, I, mean, I can look at it while we're talking here. It's a bunch of people. And so I'm really careful, uh, I, unlike some people on Twitter, um, I'm really <laughs> careful about, um, about what I say and how I say it because my feed goes out to, as we're speaking right now, 377 people. So I don't want to say, you know, I'm going to Starbucks to grab a coffee, <laughs> which is how some people use Twitter. Like, I really don't care that you're going to get a cup of coffee. Um, but I, I'll put out something like, hey, I just met Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's cool. And that's yeah. something I want mm -hmm. to share with people. Well, I, I appreciate what you said, too, David, about you don't have to do exactly what we're talking about here. You don't have to do everything, certainly, that we're talking about here. But the idea is come out from under that rock, you know, get out where people can see you. And the place that they're looking in our new world is on the internet. That's right. I know a lot of people who have a little bit of a cyber phobia. <laughs> and and some of it is because, you know, they'll, they'll say, uh, well, you mentioned, you alluded to it earlier, David, when you said that there's this underworld out there, you know, and, that, and there's a lot of pretty nasty, awful stuff going on on the Internet, but there's, there's an upside and a downside to everything. And I'm concerned about those who, who close off their complete access to the Internet or their use of it because of the bad stuff that's out there not realizing that it's just a powerful tool. It's kind of like it's kind of like saying fire is bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, one of the one of the things that I like to say when this topic comes up is that 
particularly people who have been exposed to the old rules of marketing, um, everything that works on the web um, is different than the stuff that we did to promote ourselves online. Now, let me give you an example of that. Um, imagine you cre- you're creating a brochure, you know, a product brochure, or a yellow page ad or something like that for your business. You obsessed over it. You had 15 people look over it. You had your spouse, if you're an entrepreneur, read it. You had a proofreader go through everything. You checked everything five times, and you made sure the logo was in the right place and the colors were right. And, you know, everything's got to be perfect when you print something. And I told that story once, and someone said, oh, my God, I remember once I, I did a brochure, and, and we, we transcribed the 800 number slightly wrong and ended up going to a porn line. Well, guess what? Then you've got to take you know, 20,000 copies of your brochure and, and send them to the recycling center because you're, you're, you, you messed up. Mm-hmm. What's really cool about online is that you can experiment. And first of all, it's free. And second of all, if you made a mistake, you just fix it. Change it. You just mm-hmm. fix it. And if you did a blog post and all of a sudden you didn't like it, you delete it or you change it. And it's really, really different to be able to do that kind of thing on the fly. And, you know, if you, you put up a YouTube video, and if, if, if nobody watches it, so what? You tried. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do a brochure and no one reads it, you're out $20,000. Mm-hmm. It's really different. Um, mm-hmm. So I encourage people not to get hung up about the, thinking about it the way they used to think about promoting their businesses or promoting themselves. It's mm-hmm. now just about, you know, experimenting, having some fun, creating some content that people might be interested in. And you've said the word free a number of times. I think that uh, some of the providers of the services, like the, uh, like the blog providers, for example, they're onto this too. And they know that if they provide that to people for free, they're going to make all kinds of money on the back end as people see all of the other value that they have to offer. Right. And right. so it, that doesn't have to be a deterrent. You can go out there and find free services to do almost everything that almost we talked everything. about here today. Right, right. YouTube is free. Um, Blogger, which is from Google, is free. I mean, you can create a blog for free. You can post a YouTube video for free. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of things that you can you can do for free. And um, and the other thing that's really interesting and I think really cool about this is if you don't like it, you can delete it. You can experiment. You can try something. Yes. It's not working or you don't – it's not something that you think you want to continue or, uh, or, or or all of a sudden you decide that you want to change what you want to talk about. I don't want to talk about my pet dog anymore. I'd prefer to talk about gardening. Well, you just either stop blogging or even delete the old blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on the end of our show here today, and we've had some great conversation about this this new world of marketing and PR. And David, you've done an excellent job introducing that to the world. I want to to put a big plug out there for your book. Thank it's, you. It's something that's been very beneficial to me in the kinds of things I'm doing, and I think it will help a lot of our listeners to start to figure out how they can do the kinds of things we've done. And David, you've done it yourself. We haven't yeah. talked a lot about your story, but but you've applied these principles. Where are you today compared to where you were a couple of years ago? Well, yeah, a couple of years ago when I started my business, I was, in many people's eyes, seen as an unemployed vice president of marketing. <laughs> and I was not looking for a new job, but that's what people thought. You know, when you, when you, when you leave a vice president of marketing job at a big company and big salary and the whole other thing, 
That's what they think. And I know I wanted mm-hmm. to start my own business. Mm-hmm. So I started blogging. I started creating great content online. I started giving speeches, which, by the way, is another form of getting your content out there, although it's physical. You have to physically go and give speeches. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Um, but I did some speeches online, too. You can use webinar software to do so. And um, as a result, um, uh, you know, honing the ideas, the book comes out. And I'm one of the top speakers in the world now on this topic that I talk about. And every single week I go somewhere really cool, mm-hmm. and I, I give my speeches. And, um, you know, I, I charge a lot of money to give a speech. I charge as much money as I make. I, ch- I charge as much money for a speech today as I made the first year I was in the working world <laughs> for one speech. And I do 60 of them a year. And, and so mm-hmm. I've absolutely transformed my life. I've transformed my business. I've transformed my family because of the... The resources we now have from, from uh, our family unit to be able to do interesting things as a family, and all because I think it's all because of this concept. Not only because I wrote the book, but because that's how I promote my business. I've never once had a, spent a penny on advertising, and I've never once picked up the phone to call a reporter. And I've been mm-hmm. on the front page, front cover of the Wall Street Journal. I've been on MSNBC. I've been in Inc. Magazine. I've been in Business Week Magazine. All because. Those reporters find me online, and they want to write about the stuff I talk about. For people to get connected with what you're doing, uh, they can Google you. <laughs> yeah, and, and we didn't talk about that, but uh, uh, my, my full name is David Meerman Scott, and it's D-A-V-I-D-M-E-E-R-M-A-N-S-C-O-T-T.com. Mm-hmm. I use my middle name beca- for search engine marketing purposes because there's a whole bunch of other David Scotts out there. So if you Google my name, you'll find me. And as we've talked about for an hour, you'll find tons of free stuff. I don't ask you for your name. I don't ask you for your email address. You can download all my free stuff either from my blog or my site. You can even give it away to other people. You can even give it away (laughs) to other people and pass it on or post it on your own site, whatever you want to do. And there's some fun ones out there. Michael and I are... Are fans of the gobbledygook manifesto? Oh I yeah, love yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Gobbledygook, because most companies use um, mm-hmm. gobbledygook, like flexible and mission critical and cutting edge <laughs> and all these meaningless words. And uh, I've started using a, a highlighter and red pens on marketing just just out of habit when I read those kind of words. Now. <laughs> yeah, Thanks they're fun. <laughs> yeah. And then the book is The New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Meerman Scott. I'll put a link up on Live on Purpose Radio where you can click right through to Amazon and buy that thing. And uh, also a link to your websites, David, uh, so that our listeners can get to that. And, um, oh, Michael, you wanted to mention one other thing before we wrap up. There's another book coming out. Yes, uh, uh, David, I met one of your good friends, Phil Myers, a couple weeks ago and oh, yeah. had lunch with him. And oh, great. He, he gave me a copy of a new book called Tuned In. Tuned In. And I, uh, what an awesome book. It'll be out in June, if I'm not mistaken. It'll be out the very first week of July. Yep. Of July. Okay, great. Yep. And Tuned In is a slightly different book for me, first of all, because I wrote it with two other authors, Phil, as you know, yes. another guy called Craig Myers. The other reason it's a little bit of a departure for me is it's not only about how to market products and services, but it's also about how to create great products and services. So the right. whole product lifestyle, basically. Well, we'll keep uh, people informed about that on our blogs as well. You can get some, some links to all of the things we've been talking about at Live on Purpose Radio on today's show. David, we want to thank you a lot for coming uh, well, with I, us today. I really appreciate it, Dr. Paul and Michael as well. Thanks for connecting us. Um, it was a lot of fun. Good, good chat. 
It was fun. I want to encourage all of our listeners to get connected with the things we've been talking about with David Meerman Scott, the new rules of marketing and PR. Go out there, everybody, and live on purpose. Take control of your life and do something great with it. We'll catch you on our next show.